Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to College Football Tailgate. Today is Monday, August 30th, 2021. I'm your host, Will Chambers. With me as always, professional better Tyler Walgie. Hello, Will. Tyler's in the house. We're here in Woo's, uh, Woo's Media Studios. In the house. No the producer Izzy. Smitty today. Uh, just just the two of us. Uh, no, just the two of us. That's right. We can make it if we try. Um, <laughs> and uh, Tyler, week one is here. College football is here. Yes. And let me tell you, I mean, look, first of all, we got a great show. We're going to cover the bet board from last week, from week zero. We've got a ton of best bets for all the week one games. Uh, we're playing a couple games. We're going to, uh, well, let's see, we got, uh, we got some headlines. We got, we got headlines. Yes, we do. We're going to do a little playoff four of fast food restaurants, which I'm really excited about. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we just got a lot to get into. I like but. the playoff four for the fast food. I'm not a big fast food guy. But oh. I took that very seriously. I didn't know that about you. Well, I mean, it's not like I don't. You eat know it. what? I don't try and be like a actually. On here. I did know that about you. You're not a fast food guy. What you okay. are is a chain restaurant guy. You well, love like a Chili's or Outback, Outback Steakhouse. Exactly. Yep. I, I like the I, I like my chains. Yeah. I mean, who look, I, I like the the local ones too. But yeah, I'm, for sure, I'm like a good old fashioned blooming onion. Well, we do have a really good show, and I'm most excited about it being uh, week one in real college football. I know you love to get past week zero. Yes, I do. But the main reason why week one is the is my favorite weekend in college football is because uh, since they're not competing with the NFL, we have games Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday night. Yes, I love it. It's five straight days of college football. You only get one game on. Sunday and Monday nights, but still, it's amazing. And so it ends up being like the best weekend of college football every single year. It was year. just awesome last weekend, sitting down watching college football, and everyone was talking shit about Nebraska and Illinois. I'm like, <laughs> I don't understand why. I mean, are they right. the two best teams in the nation? No, but it's Big Ten football. That's right. nothing to, I think, you know, get nothing to upset sneeze at. With. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I thought I it was agree. a good game. But. Yeah, well, listen, I didn't get to watch it live because I was moving, as you know. We yeah. mentioned it last week. Moving on up, Will. And a uh, long, exhausting day. Speaking I did, of elitist. You hired movers. I, I hired my. I am. I am truly an elitist now. I hired movers. Uh, these two guys were great, by the way. I, uh, this is actually. I didn't even think about this. This is perfect for the show. The company is called College Hunks. Oh, and so okay. they brought over a couple of college hunks for me. Now, <laughs> look. If I had to guess, these guys are more like community college hunks than like big time university hunks. Uh-huh. Um, so hold on. So you you type into Google moving companies near me and you scroll through all the and you find <laughs> college hunks and that's what you order. Well, uh, what I actually did is I just shopped around it for like the cheapest one. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Uh, I, it, uh, you know there are more professional named ones, more professional moving companies <laughs> that don't include like a couple of stoners that come and and lift all your shit for <laughs> you. That's exactly what these guys okay. were. And so, but they look they were awesome. They worked yeah. really hard. It was like ninety three degrees. Uh, my place that I moved out of was on the third floor. There's no elevator. So them, them getting the stuff out of my apartment was especially rough. But the, the new place I moved move into is really nice. It's got an elevator, whatever. Those guys were great, but I missed most of the game. I was kind of... I had it streaming on my phone on the Fox app. And uh, as I'm like driving... I had it like down in the center console, kind of like glancing as I was driving between places. And my girlfriend was like, can you not like do this while you're driving? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, you know, I'm only like really watching it at at red lights and stuff. And I got to see a couple plays that way. So I had to watch the replays yesterday. Okay. And, uh, First of all, bet board. We went one on one. You and I, you and I split the bet board. One and one. Season now two, two to one. Me for my off season win. But still, you couldn't have been more right about about Nebraska. And to me, you know, like the final score was thirty twenty two. Nebraska was favored by I think seven and a half. Was it or eight? Um, yeah, we closed right around there. 
you know, Nebraska fucked this up. They got no one to blame but themselves. You know, to use a uh, corn-related phrase, they walked backwards naked through a cornfield. Oh! And <laughs> oh, <whoops>. <laughs> <laughs> you see what happens when I get my music right. So Tyler's again, the producer for again, today. Yeah, for Ryan's out. Producer Ryan uh, on assignment, yeah. as they say in uh, in, in radio. <laughs> on assignment. Yeah, but I, with this button. Which I was going to hit. Right next to it's the yakety sack. Right next to that. But you know what? Yakety sacks kind of works for Nebraska for it how does. that game was. It I mean, does. look, they killed themselves, especially in the first half. They they gave Illinois a safety right off the bat. The guy fielded it at like the one-yard oh line tried and to tried throw to throw it. it. Ridiculous. <laughs> oh uh, there was a scoop and score touchdown from Adrian Martinez fumbling the ball. You know, they just gave it away. There were, there were penalties. on. They had like a big interception. I think they got overturned because of like a late hit on the quarterback. And so... They can't run the ball. I mean, it, it, you know, Taylor or Taylor Martinez, Adrian Martinez. It's easy. I was doing the I same know, thing. Man. It's too many Martinez yeah. quarterbacks there. Get him out of there. Uh, he had a 75-yard run. Without that, they had 38 carries for 85 yards on the yeah. game. No, it, so it was horrible. horrible. Yeah. All the way around. And look, I blame Scott Frost. I'm not just saying this. I think he didn't have them prepared. I think that, look, they're not that bad of a team. Player for player, pound for pound, they should be very even. That was not an even game. Illinois right. looked a lot better than I think You know they even should have. So Yeah, and I mean, uh, Brandon Peters gets knocked out uh, mm. with the shoulder injury right. early on. And mm. so when, when you, I mean... Is he, how long is Yaki Sacks going to play for? <laughs> I, I was going to, I was just going to play for the whole, uh, <laughs> the whole, whole game. show. No, okay. no, just this, oh, okay. this game. Uh, right oh, I got down. you, I got you. Um, yeah, look, I mean, Adrian Martinez, <laughs> he's got no one. He's got no one. It, it's very distracting <laughs> for me. He's got no one to throw to except Oliver Martin. Um, you know, and yeah, like I said, Brandon Peters. Like, if, if you, if it's early in the game and you knock the other team's starting quarterback out, like when that happened, obviously I feel bad for the guy. He's a Michigan transfer. I always liked Brandon Peters. You know, being a Michigan fan. Yeah, but at that moment, I was thinking like, oh, I got this in the bag. That's exactly what I thought. You yeah. know, last year he was third in the NCAA and completed passes in a row without an interception. No shit. Yeah, he's a really good quarterback. Yeah, he's like a solid. I mean, he's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Know, solid. He's solid. Yeah, whatever. And so, like, it, you know, look, <laughs> neither team could protect their quarterback. Scott Frost is fully on the hot seat. His seat couldn't be hotter at this point. And for them to start off the season like that, it's brutal. Now, look, if he were to go on and win like seven or eight games after this, he could maybe turn around. I just don't see how it's possible. I think he's though. gone. Yeah. And there we go. So I'll turn this music off, but I had to play this. <laughs> Nebraska's new yeah, theme sacks. music. Yeah. College football tailgate. It is very fitting for how they played. Yes, Turnovers, is. the disgusting mess. And Scott Frost will probably have a new job next year. So. Is that why <laughs> I see Will just keep looking at me? And uh, were you like, when are you well, going to stop playing it was like, goddamn music? So some of the sounds, like, they just have, like, a time expire. Like, they have to play the whole thing. No, that can't. And yeah. so after, like, the first 20 seconds, I think I was like, uh, I didn't know it was a glitch or Here's what. Here's the thing. Everyone listening, just get used to it. Whenever I have to slide a seat over and produce... I get, it's like I'm, I'm a kid at home alone. The parents are gone. I have so many buttons back here. I can't be trusted. You know what it so. is? It's like when a head coach fires their offensive coordinator and starts calling the plays. That's exactly what it's y- like. You're, now you're the one with the play sheet. Yep. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, so now you're the guy calling the shots and uh, it's all on you now. Gotta say, it's a lot of fun. And I think I actually would be good at that. I think I'd be a good play caller. And I'm not just saying that because I call really good plays in Madden and NCAA football. I think that probably is why. uh, (laughs) 
Yeah, it probably is. <laughs> That's the same reason why I think I'd be good. Because in, in NCAA, I'm like, come on, you you throw it left this time, you run it right, and then, you know, it's like, how hard is it to just switch it up? I would love Keep to be the defense a, a guessing. play caller. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think it probably, I mean, it would be super fun until your team sucks and everyone hates you. So, <laughs> right. um, yeah, so Tyler gets the bedboard victory with Illinois. Uh, shout out to the Illini. They're 1-0. Uh, good, good way to start the season. I will say, though, Brett Bielema, he... Yeah. I don't know. I think Illinois is going to be better than people think. They got a pretty decent line, a lot of older players. Yeah. But it was funny because I was thinking about what you said with Brett Bielema, and there was one. <laughs> so for everyone, what Will said, it wasn't the kindest words about Brett Bielema. He didn't rip him a new one or anything like that, but. Just not a guy I have a ton of faith in. Exactly. So it was funny. There was one moment where <laughs> he's looking around on the sideline for a player, and he was in the game, and one of the assistants had to come up, hey, hey coach, he's already in. <laughs> it, it reminded me of uh, like one of the vacation movies where you know how Chevy Chase's character he's always going hey Russ yeah Russ? <laughs> he's right, so he's right there yeah dad I'm here <laughs> reminded me of Brett Beal but it's like yeah. looking around huh? it's like no he's on the field yeah but, for uh, sure yeah I mean look it, uh, you know I just don't think if you're an Illinois fan you want a head coach that's got the, the Iowa Hawkeyes tattooed on his leg he played there. He's got, you know, he coached at Wisconsin with an Iowa tattoo on his leg. Now he's coaching at Illinois. It's like he's going to hit every, you know, Big Ten West school that's not Iowa with an with an Iowa tattoo on his leg. Illinois might be back, Will. Uh, they might be back. Okay, fair enough. Uh, but I got the win with UCLA versus yes, Hawaii. Yes, you did. Absolutely. 44-10. Look, they, they were just flat out better at every position. Zach Charbonnet, it's always these Michigan transfers that go to other schools and start lighting it up. There were two guys in that Nebraska-Illinois game that uh, were Michigan guys. Zach Charbonnet, the running back, transfers from Michigan to UCLA. He has three touchdowns, 106 yards on just six carries. Yeah. Uh, you know, And look, it's just Hawaii, but uh, UCLA looks good. Uh, they look really good. That's where I think this game was lost for me. I honestly, this may sound crazy, and for everyone listening, they may be laughing at this. I still don't think Hawaii is going to be that bad a team. Now, if you look at the Mountain West and their schedule, I think they're going to be right there, two, three losses, a better team in the Mountain West. This game to me was all about UCLA, and you were exactly right. You said it a couple weeks ago. I didn't buy into it, but I think this UCLA team is going to be a lot different. And we'll talk about the LSU-UCLA game coming up here a little bit later. But part of the reason why I'm now coming off of LSU, you know, it's, it's the weather, what's going on down south. But it's also because UCLA looked really good. I had a big upgrade for, uh, after that game. So yeah. really impressed by the Bruins and uh, Chip Kelly. Yeah, I mean, I think everyone, you know, we all knew the offense was going to be great. And the question was, can the defense be good? And we'll find out if it was just but, Hawaii or if the defense is really good. See, but. that's my point. you got to have faith in, in, in what I was saying, that Hawaii is not some trash team. Like right. This is a competent team, a competent offense. So UCLA looked really good. Yeah, for sure. So one and one for the bet board. We split it. And I'm guessing we're going to have some bet board games this this weekend, too. we got a lot of games there's to break so down for week There's so many games one. coming up yeah, this weekend. So the chance, there's a good chance we're going to have like three or four bet board games, I think, just knowing how you bet yeah. and how I bet. So. We'll get to that in a little bit. Let's get to some college football what news. That, what do you mean how I bet and how you bet? What well, is that no, it's to just insinuate? like, like you know, same, same reason when I came in last week, you were like, you told me, you were like, I think I know who you're picking before because right. you and I don't compare notes before the show, right? No, no. For we all the listeners out there, we go in fresh and we don't like tell you, you know, there's an outline of what we're going to talk about, but we definitely don't announce. We don't tell each other what our picks are. So we find out if we have bet board games right here recording live. And so I just think that you and I, you know, see certain teams especially differently, and I think that that will. You know, I, I think we're just going to have some bet board games yeah, this weekend. Yeah, well, we'll see about that. Will, but the we truth is that we'll see. I'll feel better about myself if we don't, because if I'm picking the same way as the professional gambler, 
then I'm going to feel like I'm a genius. So okay. that's that's the real truth mm, of it. I'll see. Uh, college football news and notes. Okay. News. We got news. There is a couple news things, but the first thing I want to talk about, uh, this was not on the outline because I just read about it today. Okay. It's going viral today on like Twitter and all over ESPN. So there was a high school football game that was uh, aired on ESPN over the weekend. It was between IMG Academy, which is one of like the premier high school programs yeah, in the whole elite. country. Yeah. They're in Florida. It's it's basically like a like a college prep high school for for athletes, right? And they played this Ohio school called Bishop Sycamore, and uh, IMG blew them out fifty eight to nothing, and it was so bad to the point where, like, people started taking notice and going, "Who's this Bishop Sycamore team? What's up? Why why are they playing IMG Academy? Why is this on TV? Right? Normally, the high school football games that are televised." Are like between premier programs, right? Bishop Gorman, some of the elite Ma- ones Ma- in yeah, Texas. Modern, modern day, yeah, exactly. exactly. And so everyone's like, "What's up? Who, who is this Bishop Sycamore team? We've never heard of them." The ESPN announcers, I think it was a big name guy. I think it was um, who's the guy that did Texas is back? Uh, he's got the beard. Shoot, uh, I'm, I'm blanking up. on his name. Does but he work at ESPN? Yeah, he's an ESPN uh, football. Now. He did Monday Night Football with Booger McFarlane. Who was the guy that was in the booth? Tessator. I think it was Joe Tessator. And uh, the announcers for ESPN at, at like halfway through the second quarter started saying, this team assured us that they have a bunch, this, this Bishop Sycamore team assured us they have a bunch of D1 prospects, but we can't confirm that. Because basically, as it turns out, in order to get like a high school team on TV, one of the main drivers is like, are, are a lot of these guys going to be playing for big programs in college. Okay. Right? So so this Sycophus, Sycamore. Sycamore. Sycophus. Bishop Sycamore is basically like a fraudulent... like pe- pe- no. So what happened is people started digging into it, right? So this school in Ohio, it turns out, uh, you know, it's supposed to be based... It's a it's a max prep school based out of Columbus, Ohio, but it's, not, it's a non-education school, right? It's a football-only program, right? Um, non-education school. That's a new one. Yeah, they have a like. There's no education, right? Huh. Like you can. It's a school. It's almost like a like a uh, AAU team for football, okay. right? Uh, they have. You go to their website. The about us on the website is blank. Um, <laughs> the school is not listed in the directory of the Ohio uh, High School Athletic Association. So people just started digging into it. As it turns out, they ended up. They were, they played a game on that Friday. This game was on uh, Sunday, I think. Mm-hmm. They played a game like two days before that in Pennsylvania and lost 19-7. Oh, my God. And as it turns out, this whole thing is just like a fraud. It's a sham. This is just a fake it till you make it. The coach, the players, you know, there's like a couple players. I think I read one of these players is like there's like Juco players with fake IDs claiming they're high school athletes. What? Yes. One of these players apparently was on Florida's roster in oh 2020. Oh, my God. And now they're like faking for this Bishop Sycamore high school team. Huh. They played two games in three days, and it's like now it's a big problem where they're saying this is uh, unsafe for for the other high school players for IMG. Obviously, can, you know, can IMG I give them. can I give these coaches or whoever put this together some credit though? Can we go the other way with this? Absolutely. You know how last week we played the fake name game? Yes. Bishop Sycamore is a really good fake name. It You're sounded right. right, like it fit in. It sounded like it a good high classy. school. Exactly. So I'll give them credit there. It's a, it's a really good name if you are gonna. Yeah, fabricate this whole thing. If you're going to do a con, I mean, these guys con <laughs> their way all the way to the top. I mean, this is that, that's fantastic, uh, and so it's just a crazy story. And, and the more I think we'll see over the next few days, more and more stuff's going to come out. Who is this coach? Where are these players? I want to know 
how ESPN didn't do their no research shit. on this. That, yeah. That's the thing. They like, got suckered. I don't blame how the school I, for how trying did to IMG get on. Get suckered. Yeah, this is weird. There's yeah, I don't know. So you know, who do you think the first NFL player out of Bishop Sycamore will be? You think there'll ever ever be a guy? That like you know how when they do the Monday Night Football intros, some of them say they're high school and not their college. Yeah, you think there there will ever be a guy doing his Monday Night Football intro and he's like, you know, Lance, Lance, you know, whatever, Lance Williams, no, Bishop Sycamore, no, I doubt it. Maybe in like fencing or curling. <laughs> I'm guessing this uh, non-real school doesn't have a curling program. Well, they're gonna need one now. They're going downhill in football. Yeah, just crazy. When I saw that, it was nuts. So, well, we'll check up on that next week and see if there's any new updates. Mm. But uh, other news. All right, Hurricane Ida is happening. Uh, it's it's maybe going to fuck up some college football games. LSU is going to have to practice in Houston all week because of Hurricane Ida. It's about to I think hit. they're already there. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's hitting Louisiana like as we speak. So, to, you know, listers in that area, you know, uh, prayers and, and everything go out to them. We hope everyone stays safe out there. You know, that should be the, the primary concern is making sure that everyone is safe and evacuated the area and whatnot. But it will affect a bunch of football games. They're going to move the uh, Oklahoma Tulane game, which was going to be played at Tulane, back to uh, Norman. Right. So Oklahoma's getting probably like their ninth home game of the year. <laughs> um, and look, I think this LSU, uh, this LSU having a practice in Houston is going to have an effect on this game. So I actually, I think there's a lot of effects in the LSU UCLA game. Okay, I'm not sure the actual act of them practicing in a different location is going to be that big of a deal. I don't think that because they knew they planned ahead. I actually they, they got out of town before the hurricane hit. You know they were they were planning on doing this. They had all the resources ready. The training, I, I guess, the staff did a great job. They hit the buses on time, and they're playing in some high level facilities. And actually, you could make the argument, which I probably won't, but you could. That it's an upgrade. Business trip. Exactly, because now these players have nothing to do but study, get ready for mm. UCLA. This is going to be a high-level game. Let's not start breaking it down, but I think that what impacts this game more is something that, to me, is nearly impossible to handicap, and that's how each individual player is dealing with this personally. Do they no have doubt. family back there? Do they have family in any affected areas? I mean, LSU's got a lot of players from that little area down there. For sure. Of LSU, you know, Alabama, Louisiana, yep. you know, parts of Texas. So you wonder how it's impacting players, and uh, that, to me, is going to be the biggest thing here. It's not necessarily the schedule change, anything like that. It's more the mental. You know, how are they handling everything right now? Yeah, for so. sure. I mean, look, for some guys, it might motivate them. They're saying, we got to play for our hometown or whatever. Some it could right. be a total distraction. Exactly. So, very good point. Um, so, we'll see how that shakes out. And uh, one thing that a lot of people say, you'll hear on ESPN or, 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 or you know, uh, uh, radio shows or uh, Fox Sports 1 shows, oh, you know what? They're going to be down this game or they're going to be up this game. To say that is such generalization. It's different for every player. For when sure. you've got a game where there's 11 starters on offense, 11 on defense, all the backups get time, you can't say they're going to be up, they're going to be down. It's so much more nuanced than that. So. Yeah, and you're talking about college players. I right. mean, think about, uh, you know, I, I can remember times when I was like 19, 20, my card got declined at, at Taco <laughs> Bell, and I had like a mental breakdown because of it. Mm-hmm. Now... Players at LSU maybe not having that problem. I don't know. Uh, I like your taco. I like your Taco Bell reference though. A little foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. Sure. Playoff mm-hmm. four uh, is coming up yep. for our fast food. Fast, fast food, food playoff restaurants. four. Um, well, one more piece of news here. News. Uh, Pac-12 came out and said they are not looking at adding schools at the moment. Now this is important because, as we know, we've talked about it a bunch. Oklahoma and Texas moving from the Big Twelve to the SEC. Then we saw the alliance between the Pac-12. 
Big Ten and ACC form. And now the Pac-12 is saying, hey, we're actually not looking to, you know, there were reports, hey, they're going to take Texas Tech or Oklahoma State or K-State or whatever. The Pac-12 is saying, right now, we're actually good how we are. We're going to stand pat. And I think that's important because if, if, the, if this alliance happened before that and then the Pac-12 says, we're not going to take any more teams, to me, that means I think you'll see the ACC and the Big Ten probably follow suit and say the same thing. And that means that actually the, the Big 12 might survive this. They might go look to expand. Now, the Big 12 also said, uh, you know, they're not going to rush into anything, basically. Uh, but it, I think this opens the window for the Big 12 to maybe try to grab a Boise State or a Cincinnati or UCF or whatever and try to survive and hold on and not, you know, die. That would be the best option, I think, for everybody. Now, the yeah. SEC, I think, should also shed some teams. They're not going to want to. Greg Sankey's wants to build this thing up, it seems, more and more. Right. But... I think that's what should happen. I mean, as a college football fan, that that's what I think is ideal is you bring in some Big 12 teams. I think SMU should be in that talk as well. Mm. Same with Boise State. And uh, you bring in some good, you know, higher level group of five teams. And I think what will happen is before you know it, you know, the, the, the landscape in football, college football, changes so fast. When TCU got to the Big 12, immediately started getting Big 12 caliber players. Yep. I think what will happen is... You know, if a Boise, SMU, UCF, any of these schools get into the Big 12, again, they'll immediately start getting different players. And it's only a matter of time, a couple of years, till they can catch up in that aspect. So yeah. I think that would be ideal. And get rid of, send Vanderbilt to the Ivy Leagues, you know? <laughs> like, get rid of some of these teams in the SEC, too, who just don't have a shot. I yeah. cannot imagine being a Vanderbilt fan. I feel yeah, lost sometimes as a CU fan. Whew, that Vanderbilt's got to be it's tough. It's true. It's brutal. And I mean, but the worst part is if they go to the, the Ivy League, then there are now they're the Vanderbilt of the Ivy League when it comes to academics, because <laughs> right. I've, I'm sure Vanderbilt's a great school. I know it's like an engineering school. Uh, you know, I, I'm not trying to shit on their academics, but compared to like the actual Ivy League schools, I don't know if that really holds up. But I mean, I agree with you because the funny thing is that by not adding the you know the best remaining schools from the Big Twelve. I actually think that could be a little bit of a competitive advantage for these other conferences, right? The road to the playoff, it stays, it doesn't get harder for Ohio State, for Clemson, for Oregon or Southern Cal if they don't add teams to those conferences, right? Now the SEC is loading up with two two really good teams and well, a really good team in Oklahoma and a team in Texas that yeah, could that could be good, but right? That's, but, they're, 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 but that's what they're doing. They're changing the narrative. Right. And so it's like, well... Uh, whoever it would be, Georgia has three losses this year. They are in the playoff. But yeah. they lost to Oklahoma by three. They lost For to sure. Alabama. So that's kind of what I think is going to change here is the narrative. Yeah. You get all these teams together. So Yeah. Like, I just think I that... I don't like it one bit. I think it's... I, I would love to see the Big 12 survive, even though it will, it will suck not having Oklahoma and Texas in it. But if they could pull off, you know, surviving somehow... You know, we'll see what happens. But I think the fact that Pac-12 is saying we're not looking to add teams right now is maybe a good sign for, you know, fans that, that want to see the Big 12 continue on. Yeah, for sure. I think so, too. Okay, fair enough. All right, um, All right, Tyler, you've got some headlines. We do. We got some next week's headlines. I love these. This is yeah. like, this is uh, truly, outside of handicapping sports, this is your greatest talent, I'm, and I'm convinced of it. <laughs> All right, so here's how it works. I give headlines for what's going to happen next week. So these are technically going to be next... Uh, well, all, the, all these games are so spread out this week. I was going to say next Sunday's headlines, but we'll just say day after the game. Yeah, yeah. All right, so game number one for the headlines. Mississippi State, Louisiana Tech. Bleach the leech. Mississippi State plays clean football. <laughs> uh, bleach the leech. 
You like that? Yeah, I do. All right. The game number two. Game. Michigan State at Northwestern. I have three headlines for this one. Oh, boy. Mel Tucker is quite a fucker. <laughs> uh, headline number two. <laughs> Spartans look like sloths. Because they're going to be really slow on the field. Okay. And then headline number three. Michigan State? More like lose some weight. Because uh, they're all fat and uh, Mel Tucker doesn't know how to keep his players in shape. So, Well, I like it. Look, the, yeah. the hate for Mel Tucker is real. Yes, it is. All right, next game. Louisiana Monroe at Kentucky. Low blow by Monroe. Because what's going to happen is Kentucky's going to be blowing them out. Monroe, Louisiana Monroe. Ejected. Exactly. Ah. I'm making a bold prediction here. An ejection. It's going to be all over the news. Low blow by love Monroe. It. I love it. All right, game number, uh, next game, Stanford at Kansas State. And it's not necessarily at Kansas State. It's a neutral game. But uh, cats get stuck in the trees. <laughs> I, know. I think you could have shortened it up for brevity. Just cat stuck in tree. Cats you know? stuck in tree. Yeah, I like not, that. You never hear about firefighters saving cats stuck in trees. It's just a cat in a tree, you know? Yeah, I like that, Will. See, I like the teamwork here. Yeah, teamwork. Right, last game, and I have, again, three headlines for this last game. <laughs> Clemson, Georgia, biggest game of the weekend. Of course. Uh, the first one, it, this is low-hanging fruit, and this is uh, lowest <laughs> common denominator stuff. Kirby Dumb. Okay, because, I mean... And look, I, I actually like that one maybe the best. <laughs> I don't... I actually like Kirby... Kirby I actually like Kirby Smart. Yeah. I think he's a good coach, but after this game, Kirby Dumb. Uh, next one, Dabo and DJ down the dogs. And my third one, this is for all you uh, kids who grew up in the 90s. Actually, this may be a 2000 song. It's... Uh, Ponda Replay by, I think, who sings that? Go, Mr. DJ, come Ponda Replay. Yeah, that's like Sean is, Paul. Is it Rihanna? Isn't it? I thought it was Sean Paul. Isn't that Sean Paul? Ponda Replay. It's Rihanna. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah. That's, that's 2000s, but if you're a 90s kid, that's like, right, you know, that's high it's school, college wheel, years yeah, for you. Ponda so, Replay. All right, so Shout anyway, out Riri. So you have to know that song to get this uh, headline. Yeah. Hey, like Mr. That. DJ, ooh, young lele. See, the problem with this being a headline is that when you read it, it won't look like that. <laughs> but, I'll just say, hey, Mr. Yeah, yeah but uh, you got like that. That's why this news may be in the future when yeah. the newspaper will sing back to you, or this is like an online newspaper that yeah. is a sound effect. Hey, Mr. DJ, ooh, young lele. I like yeah. that. I like that. <laughs> there we go. So he, that would be uh, him having a big game, I'm yeah. assuming, and Clemson winning. Yes, exactly. Look, so there you go. There's the uh, It's fantastic. Well done. Kirby Dumb actually needs to be a <laughs> thing. And every time, like like when they, uh, in that national championship game against Alabama, when they had the horrible fake punt or yes, whatever, yes. that's Kirby Dumb. It is. See? So now we okay. have a thing. We have a Kirby, we have Kirby Dumb. My self-esteem was low with that one going in, but you helped me. Yeah, and it's not because well. we, uh, we hate Kirby Smart, but hey, it, it, you're right. It, it, it's just there for the picking. If he, does, if he fucks up, he's Kirby Dumb. There for the picking. Okay, cool. Uh, all right, we're going to do real quick. Uh, we're going to predict our Heisman winners, kind of look at the gambling scene for that, a couple of season win totals before we get into the playoff four of our fast food. So, Tyler, look, I think, you know, we talked about it a little bit. Everyone's favorite to win the Heisman right now is Spencer Rattler. And I think you can only get him at like four or five to one, depending on where you uh, shop around. Right. Um, there's a couple other favorites out there. You know, I, I actually think Rattler five to one isn't a bad bet, all things considered. Oklahoma quarterbacks are pretty much, you know, with Lincoln Riley, they're almost always Heisman contenders. We know how good Oklahoma is going to be. Spencer Rattler is probably going to put up insane numbers. But some of the guys that are longer odds is who I'm interested in. So you look at a guy, we mentioned him, uh, hey, Mr. DJ, uh, DJ Uyunglele, 
He's, I think, like 12 to 1 right now, 13 to 1. I think he could be a good bet. My only concern with him is that Clemson plays such a soft schedule that he may be out for most of the second half of every game. It could affect his stats. Right. Um, but the guys I'd be looking at the most right but now. But hold on. I, I do have one thing to say about yeah. that because Clemson's never had a Heisman winner. So wow. if it gets down to the point where it's in the conversation, I think Dabo's going to leave him in longer just for that very fact. Now, Interesting. It, it, it's weird because I don't think he's going to make it obvious because if it comes out that he's now doing that over getting wins, that's a whole different conversation. They're going to yeah. come after him. But... If he can, if it's against a lesser opponent, if if they're not t- if they're playing someone who can't touch Uyunglele, uh, <laughs> DJ, I, I want to say Lele, Lele at the end, right? Because that's how the song goes. Yeah. But Uyunglele, if they have, if no one's getting to him, there's no pressure, there's no threat of him getting hurt, and they tell him don't scramble if you do get down, they may keep him in longer in some of these you know easier games. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, isn't that crazy though? Never had a Heisman winner. Yeah, and so, he's twelve to one. He's exactly. going to put up huge, huge numbers. Yeah. So for that reason, I think that. That's usually a, a factor, but this year it may be less of a factor because of that situation. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, look, for me, if it's guys I'm going to look at to win the Heisman, the two guys, the two names that I think have the best chance at, you know, outside of Spencer Rattler is Bryce Young in Alabama, 9-1, to CJ Stroud, Ohio State, 11-1. Both these guys are new quarterbacks coming in. We haven't seen You're really going out on a limb with Alabama and Ohio State guys <laughs> Well, I'm just... The fact... I, I feel like those guys shouldn't be that long odds. And maybe it is just that Spencer Rattler is the only guy that we've really seen out of this bunch. JT Daniels, 9-1 to as well. I just think that, you know, Georgia may not throw the ball. You know, they, they, they'll be able to run the ball a little bit more. I think you'll see Bryce Young, obviously, like any other Alabama quarterback, put up a lot. And just the fact that his name, he, they, they haven't played yet. He and C.J. Stroud have not gone out and started yet for these teams. I think their odds probably should be higher, but they're not. And right now you can get C.J. Stroud 11, you know, 11 to 1. I think that's a good bet. No, I do too. And, and there is something to be said for some of these better teams with odds around 7 to 1, 8 to 1, 9 to 1, even 12 to 1, like you said, because it does come down to at the end of the year, it's probably going to be, not saying not saying guaranteed, but probably going to be a quarterback for a playoff team. For you know, sure. It's, it's just in that, in those, you know, kind of in that neighborhood. So on that logic, if you can have, if you have a good idea that the team that you're drafting from is going to be in that situation, then you're cutting odds right there. So CJ Stroud, if you think they're going to go undefeated and you're making that prediction and you like the Ohio State over this year and all that stuff, now you're taking a 10 to 1 bet, bet which should be maybe more like 4 1 or 5 to 1 in, in reality. So it does come down to there is value in some of these games or in some of these players if you think their team has a better chance than the market says to get to the, the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. And I'm looking at Heisman Trophy odds history right now. Typically, these guys are long odds players. You know, um, very rarely is the guy who's the favorite and end up winning it. You look at. In 2014, Marcus Mariota was the favorite, and he ended up winning it, and he was plus four, tw- you know, four to one odds basically. Last year, Devonte Smith, 66 to one odds. Imagine the guy that had that ticket: Joe Burrow, uh, 40 to one; Kyler Murray, 30 to one; Baker Mayfield, seven to one; Lamar uh, Jackson, he was 100 to one. I mean, some, I mean, Johnny Manziel wasn't even on the list in the preseason. You couldn't even pick the year that he won the Heisman. So, do you have the odds of it in front of you? Yeah, I do. So if we have to pick someone, let's say twenty-five to one or worse. Oh, I don't have. Uh, yeah, okay. I'm gonna go. You know who I'm gonna go? Who? And this is such a long shot because Florida State would have to have such a uh, a season that Dylan no Gabriel. one's expecting. No, Mackenzie Miller. Yeah, McKenzie, sorry, Mackenzie Miller. Yeah. That's what I meant. I, I think that he, again, there. This is forty to one. There's a reason yeah. it's forty to one. 
but I think Florida State's going to be a lot better than people think this year. Yep. Um, they play Notre Dame this first week, and I'm completely staying away from that game okay. for several reasons. Yeah. And one of them is, you know, I actually think Notre Dame's going to be good, and we'll break that, dame, that game down here coming up in a few minutes, but... I don't want to bet against Florida State early in the year because they could be a lot better than people think. So yeah, that's sure. kind of my long shot bet, forty to one. I don't think it's too bad. Okay, if I'm going twenty five or higher, uh, you know, I like Emory Jones at Florida. Just Dan Mullen's system is always, you know, no one saw Kyle Trask coming. I believe he was a Heisman finalist or he was, you know, in the conversation last year. Uh, he's twenty five to one. Brees Hall, the running back at Iowa State, he led the country in. Uh, rushing yards last year mm. he's 28 to 1 you know this doesn't have you don't have to say that Ohio State's the best team in the world but he could put up huge numbers and if uh, if Iowa State does end up unseating Oklahoma in the Big 12 making it to the playoff all of a sudden he's in the, in the discussion a big if Willie big if big old if so a big if Willie uh that's all we got for Heisman stuff so Tyler a couple of season win totals I only have two here that I want to give out. I got two as well okay cool yeah. give me your two I want to hear all right season win totals let's get it out here all right. Um, I don't do a good job of spa- see my paper here. I don't yeah. space things out very yeah, well. You need a bigger oh, here font. It is. Here, too. here it is. I do. My font's very small. Okay. Yeah. Uh, SMU over six and a half. Ooh. SMU last year went seven and three in the AAC. They're bringing eighteen starters back. And I want to say one thing really quick. Throughout these uh, uh, future win totals, throughout today's games and today's uh, handicaps, and frankly, you know, for these first couple weeks when we're when we're introducing everyone to these teams, we're going to talk about a lot of starters coming back for these teams. And the reason is because of COVID last year. As a matter of fact, if you go back in the history of college football. And look, every at the beginning of every season, the average number of starters coming back in the modern era, which has been since the BCS, is 13 a year. Yeah. So teams averaged 13 starters coming back a year. This year, it's 16 and a half starters coming back. Super so, seniors. Super seniors. This is going to be, for, for college football fans out there, get excited for this year because this is going to be some of the most experienced teams in the history of college football. Yeah. So I was just about to say, you know, SMU's bringing back 18 starters, all that. There's going to be a lot of teams we're saying they're bringing back starters so just get get buckle in for that because even though we may sound repetitive it's important to let everyone know guess what notre dame they're bringing nine starters back so it does differ still yeah but in general teams are bringing back a lot more so anyway i just want to put that out there but smu six and a half you're telling me they can't get to seven and five not that tough a schedule again seven and three last year exactly very good team one of the better teams in the ac i don't see them falling below seven and five by the way six and a half means that they have to go 500 to lose this. They have a chance to win their conference. This, to me, right. is my best uh, season total bet. Okay, cool. I like it. I also like NC State over six. Uh, you're going to have to pay a little bit more. This is minus 125 or so. Um, but again, eight and four last season, bringing 19 starters back. They do have Miami, North Carolina. They have to go to Clemson. But they also have teams like Louisiana Tech, USF, which I think they're like 28 28- point favorites in that game yeah. and Furman. So a couple easy Furman. wins on the schedule too. So NC State, you know, I'm high on them this year. I like the even six too. They vary. Some have six, some have six and a half. Right. I think it's important to get the six minus 125. I still like the six and a half, but if you have that push option uh, and they just make a bowl game, I like that too. So Love it. Okay. I'm going to go a couple of big hitters, a couple of guys, uh, teams we're going to be talking about this week. Tyler's going to love this. My first one, Iowa State, nine and a half. You can get it nine and a half at a couple You're places. And look, this isn't about, oh, I, I'm not picking them to win the Big 12, not picking them to make, to make the playoff, but you just look at their schedule. If they get by Iowa, their rivalry game week two, I think that uh, that 10 is easy at that point, right? Because who are they going to lose to? Yeah, okay. 
Give them a loss to Oklahoma. That's fine. That's one loss. Texas, they're going to lose it. They get Texas at home. Maybe. They get, they get they TCU at home. Uh, they only have to go at Kansas State, at West Virginia, at Texas Tech. So, so let me get this straight. You're predicting the first double-digit win season in the history of Cyclones football. Yes. Okay. Ten wins. You heard it here first. I think, I think you can get nine and a half. And honestly, if they beat Iowa, I think 11 is doable. I think you could see them go 11-1, lose to Oklahoma, and play Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship game just like last year, right? Uh, or they maybe they beat them, same thing, whatever. All I'm saying is that 10 wins seems very feasible with their schedule. I think they're a really good team. I think they're the second best team in the Big 12, and they should be favored in basically every game except at Oklahoma. So I think that 10 wins is doable. I think you do have to pay about uh, minus 130 for that to, to go over 9.5. And, and then my other one is Ole Miss, the Rebels. Now listen, there's a 7.5. Once again, I think it's minus 130 to go over 7.5 to get 8 wins. If they, they're going to be 3-0 and if they beat Louisville on Monday night. If they beat Louisville, they're going to be 3-0 and going to Alabama and they get a bye week. Chalk that up as a loss. Fine. So if, you, if you're telling me that you need five wins after they end up 3-0, and you need five wins out of the following games. Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, LSU, Auburn, Liberty, Texas A&M, Vanderbilt, Mississippi State. Here's your five wins. Arkansas, Tennessee, Liberty, Vanderbilt, Mississippi State. That still gives them a chance to, if they slip up, maybe they can upset uh, LSU or Texas A&M or Alabama, right? So I think that eight and four is a pretty realistic number for uh, the Rebels. I'm I'm on the Rebels this year. The current Ole Miss number on uh, BetUS over seven and a half is actually minus 130. Oh, yeah. Under seven and a half. So so you're paying a little bit, but I actually agree. I think they're going to be loaded this year. And I like Ole Miss. Okay, cool. I love it. Those are two I got. So nice, Tyler. Well, playoff four. Oh, here we go. This one, gosh. I was going to get a sound effect of someone chewing, but okay. I decided against it because a lot of people listen with uh, their headphones in. I thought that might be annoying. Yeah, it's not a pleasant yeah. sound. To hear I listen to chewing. this one podcast, or I should say, used to because it drives me crazy now. And some the guy just like opens a bag of chips on the yeah. show. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah, I know. Oh, it's so annoying. Joe Rogan, right? It oh, was him. So, no, it wasn't. <laughs> it's so frustrating. Does Joe Rogan eat on the show? I don't know. I don't. I mean, I listen sometimes, but it was just more like he's got the most popular one. So don't no. listen to a Joe Rogan podcast. Listen to a college football tailgate, <laughs> obviously. Um, all right. Playoff four, fast food restaurants. Now, there is a caveat. It has to be fast food. It has to either, like, I feel like it should just have a drive-thru to count as fast food. Yeah, or no, I like that rule. You know, maybe. Like Shake Shack doesn't have a dr- uh, drive-thru. Exactly. That's not really fast Five food. Guys is not fast food. No, now, no. I do feel like there could be a couple exceptions. It's like a place like Jimmy John's. Now, they're not on my top four. But like their whole thing is no. freaky fast delivery, yeah, but, and some of them do have drive-throughs. The, but the fast occasional. food doesn't literally mean. I mean, I guess it does, but it, it's in its own category. I think Jimmy John's is still a step up. I okay. don't think that I should agree. be included. I agree. Okay. All right. Uh, so I've got my top four, and I have like a short list here of missed the cut because this was tough. I have my top four. I have one that missed the cut, okay. and then I have my one that should not be in, absolutely should not be in, and people <laughs> are insane for wanting it in. <laughs> I wonder if you and I have the same one because I have one of those two. Now look. The way I did this is I I looked at all the fast food uh you know fast food restaurants that I love and I said if I could only have four the rest of my life what are those four? But, uh, can, can I also put a an asterisk in here or a, a caveat for our national listeners? Okay, Will and I live in Denver, Colorado. Okay, so our yeah, I know fast what one food, of yours is. Yeah, our fast food choice. No, I'm just saying our yeah. fast food choices are limited. There's That's fast true. food. There's fast food options. I'm sure on the East Coast or in California that we simply have never been to, never heard of. So That's true. it may this may be more of a regional thing because we've eaten a lot in Colorado that, right. that may ha- not have restaurants in other places. So. 
yeah. just wanted to put that out there. Our if fast food is you catch a bison on running down the road and you <laughs> eat it raw. But if you're in in Ohio or Florida or Maine, I know we got a big Maine audience. So many I'm people. sure there's Bangor. a lot of shout out of, Bangor, Maine. Of fast food places that we just don't know of. So keep yeah. that in mind. Okay, cool. All right, uh, you're number four, Tyler. All right, number four. McDonald's. Oh wow! And the reason the McDonald's, golden arches. the reason McDonald's made my top four, it really has nothing to do with nostalgia or it's McDonald's, the biggest one, or all that. The main all makes the most money. It's because it has the best breakfast. And if I'm going to put my make my top four, the best breakfast place has to be on there. And I have a, a an insider tip for everyone listening. This is a insider McDonald's tip for breakfast. Okay. If you want a real egg. On whatever you order, right? whether it's a McGriddle, McMuffin, a, a biscuit, mm-hmm. ask for the round egg. Because what usually happens, the only actual sandwich that comes with the round egg, and it sounds like it's fake, but it's the only real one, uh, is the Mc, uh, the McMuffin. Yeah, that's okay? like the one that's like a hockey puck egg, right? It looks, yeah, it's a circle. It's like what it looks like an actual like egg. It's like white and has like a yolk. Yeah, that's freshly cracked. The other eggs are egg liquids. Yeah, I didn't know this it's until like a yellow like patty. It's, yeah, thing. it's like a yellow thing, and that's what they use for the scrambled eggs. And then what they that's called the folded egg. Mm. And the folded egg is what usually goes on the McGriddles, the like everything except the McMuffin. So if you want a fresh, a freshly cracked egg, not some chemically put together crap with yellow dye in there to make it look like eggs order it's simple just order the round egg on whatever you get for breakfast at mcdonald's but i love mcdonald's breakfast i love the mcgriddles i love the uh the, the good old-fashioned sausage biscuit i like the uh i like it all so yeah uh, good hash browns i like the oj the coffee so the oj you gotta have a breakfast placed on here i went mcdonald's number four mainly for the breakfast okay fair enough nothing wrong with big mac nothing wrong with with their nugs of course not right but i like the hot breakfast. and spicy mcchicken exactly. classic yeah. from the dollar menu uh look, what's your number four my number four Popeyes, Popeyes, Popeyes uh, chicken. (laughs) Love that chicken from Popeyes. Uh, This is actually I didn't eat Popeyes until like four or five years ago. I never went there because I just always thought like, I don't know, I I would drive by and think like who eats that. And then uh, one one of my friends, shout out Trevor. He was like, dude, you have to go to Popeyes. It's the best. Their fried chicken is like truly. It's like so insane to me that you can even get that at a drive through. It's so good. It's incredible. They, their new, uh, you know, they got into the whole chicken sandwich debate uh, a year or two ago. Their chicken sandwich is incredible. They just came out with in the last like six months chicken nuggets. They and it's their like if you're gonna get like everyone talks about McDonald's chicken nuggets. That's not even like real chicken. The chicken nuggets at Popeyes is like real delicious chicken and it's f- deep fried just like all their other stuff is. It's crunchy on the outside, tender on the inside. It's so good. Their sides are delicious. The red beans and rice. Their biscuits are just incredible. like you will. You're crunchy on the outside, but you're tender on the I inside. I am tender on the inside. I'm, a, you know, I'm a soft guy at heart. I actually had Popeyes as my number five. Okay, so I'm right there with it's you. It's really I good. Love Popeyes. Popeyes is delicious. All right, your yeah, number three. Good, good chicken. Number three. This is going to maybe be a little out there for you. I love Good Times. Okay. okay. And Good Times is actually my only real, besides McDonald's, I guess, burger place in the top five. Now, we should say, because I don't know if you know this, Tyler, Good Times is a Colorado restaurant. Is it not national? No, it's only in Colorado, and there's Shut two up. stores in Wyoming. Shut so up. I so I had that on my miss the cut thing, just because I, I didn't think I anyone did, listening see, would know. I didn't know it wasn't more national. It's a call, it, it started here in Lakewood. It's a Colorado uh, staple. So mm. for those of you listening out of state that don't know, Good Times is like really uh, the burgers are incredible for drive through, right? Like they have the wild fries, the wild dipping sauce. Oh, the wild fries are delicious. They have custard, yeah. like very fresh, very good custard. Burgers and frozen custard. Oh, they got they got really good uh, buffalo chicken sandwiches. Yes. But I didn't know Good Times was like a 
super local there, thing. It's like all Colorado, and there's like two well, in shit, Wyoming. I feel like an idiot now because so, that's like all of our audiences outside the state. Well, so. if there's anyone out of state that is like a uh, investor, you should try to talk to the people <laughs> yeah. at Good Times and open up a franchise because I promise you it would kill it. It's, it's delicious. It's so much better. Than, okay, can I say? No, we'll we'll wait. We'll wait. Okay. To, to do our not, what should not be on the list because okay. I'm kind of passionate about that. Okay. Yeah, number three, Good Times. What's okay. your number three? Uh, my number three is Raisin Cane's. Have, mm. you, have you been there yet? Uh, you have Raisin Cane's above Popeye's. Yes. Okay. Yes, I've been to Raisin Cane's. This is actually going to be a heavy chicken list I discovered, but unfortunately, <laughs> that's the way it goes. Because look, Raisin Cane's is delicious, and their fried chicken is amazing, but it's different than than Popeye's. I love them both, but it's a different kind of chicken. It tastes different. The sauce at Raisin Cane's is delicious. The crinkle cut fries, the Texas toast, my God. Um, they have, uh, you know, the slaw is decent, but if you're a real pro, you just substitute the slaw for an extra piece of Texas toast. And what you, I like you don't, about- You're not a slaw guy. I mean, I like slaw, but the Texas toast is so good, you have to sub it for it. Okay. You know, or you just get an extra gotcha. piece of Texas toast and keep the slaw too. But my point is just that, you know, like Popeye's is actually similar in this, is that- their menu is is small. It's simple. And the Raising Cane's especially. They have like four items. And I it's like just a that. variation There's of that. There's nothing wrong with that. It takes away. Yes. I sit there forever trying to choose what I'm going to order. Yeah. So they just got chicken, right? Everything at Raising Cane's By the way, is literally like how many chicken fingers and how many sides do you want? And they have nothing else to offer. They have a chicken sandwich, but it's literally two chicken tenders on a bun. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> okay. I did find a chicken sound effect. I have no idea how this is going to go. Okay. Great. I love it. Popeyes, Raisin Canes, and we're not done yet when it comes to chicken. So uh, that's my number three. So Tower, you're number two. Number two, Chick-fil-A. Nice. I love me some Chick-fil-A. Several reasons why they make my number two. Uh, the, The quality of the food is, I mean, Probably the best out there, if not up there. It's very good. And the, the consistency. It doesn't matter where you go and where you find Chick-fil-A's. It's always going to be high level. Very good chicken sandwiches. Probably my favorite chicken sandwich. Um, good breakfast as well. Yeah. Right? Very um, good breakfast. And the, the service is second to none. You know, I, I think... It's it, my pleasure. And, that, and that's the thing, too. It doesn't matter where you go. It's always great service. Yes. So I love Chick-fil-A. Hate that they're closed on Sundays. Horrible. that seems to be the only, place, the only time I want to go. But Chick-fil-A, number two. Yeah, look, I I abuse the fact that they have to say it's my pleasure when you every, every time you say thank you. <laughs> I'll say thank you like four or five times in every transaction. Uh, my number two is Culver's. Now, this is You're such a, a hipster. This is another I knew you thing were going Culver's. where it's not in every state. Dude, I love Culver's. It's a Midwest thing. It comes from Wisconsin, but it's it's branching out. I've seen them. Uh, I I'm not sure if they have them as far west as like California. They definitely have them in the south in some places. I absolutely love Culver's. Their butter burgers are great. Cheese curds. Cheese curds are amazing. Their crinkle cut fries are amazing. Uh, They have like a bunch of other stuff on their menu too. They have like fish sandwich. They have a chicken sandwich that's decent. But they're, I think they call them uh, cement mixers. That's like their ice cream. They have like a different ice cream, the flavor each, uh, it's like flavor of the day or flavor of the week or whatever. Culver's is amazing. And what I love is that even though it takes forever, yeah, it's a drive-through, but like they put the number in your little car handle or your, 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 yeah, your car, your door handle. And then they make everything fresh. Everything like that's why it doesn't uh, go as quick as like a McDonald's or something like that is that when you order it, they start making it right then. So they come out and they bring it to you. The cheese curds are amazing. Love I the just butter love burgers. Oh, yeah. Delicious. Now, it didn't make my list, but I, I contemplated it. Yeah. It's just so look, good. Top four. This is hard. It, it's tough to do top yeah. four. So yeah. All, All right. right. You're number one. Number one. Arby's. Oh, my God. I love Arby's. No. Arby's. Yeah. This is horrifying. No, no. I knew Arby's I su- is your number one? I knew I might surprise you with this one. Yes. If I had, because oh. I, I don't do a lot of fast food. 
If I had to pick one place to go today for fast food, it would be Arby's. Oh, the chi- Tyler, I can't even uh, look at you. Why? What's wrong with Arby's? Their, Dude, their curly fries are delicious, but right. everything else I hate. Best fries. They have a huge menu. They had, Dude, their roast beef is delicious. <laughs> I think the cheddar, the beef and cheddar sandwich... Or uh, the, the 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 beef and cheddar is one of the best sandwiches you can get in the whole fast food world. That's like in my top five of individual items. That's up there with like, it, that that's what the best ones. I, I am truly shocked. Love Arby's. They do all the meats. They have brisket. We've got the meats. They have, is their they've slogan. got the meats, dude. Arby's. I knew, I, but I'm not trying to be Skip Bayless here. No, I know and you're I'm not. not trying I believe to, you. I think Arby's is delicious, and I'm surprised I got such a visceral reaction out of you. Okay, so we'll get to it in a second. Did you have an incident? There were two. No, I just don't. I think the curly fries are delicious. I'll give you that. But I just think the Arby sauce. I think the food Arby quality. Sauce is bum- I think that's just terrible Great quality. Barbecue sauce too. Whoa, 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 Will. I just don't. It's, not, it's like it's go, not. When's the last time you get, you've given Arby's a shot? It's been years. I'll no, give you I that. It was on a drive. It was try. on a, a uh, road trip, and it was all that was there. Oh, so that's what you it need. It was all that was a there. A road trip. Arby's in the middle of nowhere. Yes. Right. That's Some people what I got. working there, all probably on meth. And I didn't like. Yeah, pr- they definitely were. Rat- Will, shout out Raton. You gotta give it another chance. You gotta try Arby's, man. I mean, Arby's look, is where it's at. Um, I will give it another chance with an open mind, but that is truly shocking to me. That was like a. That was an end my channel on twist that i did not see coming in fact you know we're going to talk about it because i had a, i had basically had two or three restaurants in mind for what you said didn't deserve to be on this list and you i thought arby's was on i there? thought arby's could have been on there but Dude, you know what i got arby's today for lunch because oh, of this man. segment we were i was doing i was prepping for this and i was like yeah. i'm hungry and i went and got myself a beef and cheddar i got three tenders which look they're chicken tenders which they've recently got last couple of years delicious and it's my favorite barbecue sauce of any restaurant. I mean, look, you know, I respect that you're uh, you're a human being and you have rights and freedom hey, freedom to choose. That's why you walk into a restaurant and they have chocolate and vanilla. We'll never some look at you the like same. Some people like one, some people we'll like We'll never another. look at you the same. Uh, number one for me is Chick-fil-A. <laughs> and we okay. talked about it before. And actually, when you mentioned McDonald's being on your list because of breakfast, I think Chick-fil-A's breakfast is better than McDonald's, personally. Mm. Their bacon... That says a lot about bacon, you, Bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit is incredible. The chicken minis is incredible. You get the spicy chicken stuff on there. They get, like, the syrup going on there. But for me, it's just all about their chicken nuggets are incredible. The chicken sandwich is incredible. Even like the grilled chicken one. I mean, everything at, everything at Chick-fil-A is amazing. And so they're number one for me. I love it. And yeah, uh, yeah Chick-fil-A, we already talked about what a great job they do with service. Yes. I, a close uh, also on almost mid list, A&W. I love A&W. Mm. Their root beer is very good. But Delicious they root did, beer. They didn't have enough on the menu for me to like. And I think that's very mediocre food. Okay. Um, okay. Now let me... Can I have the floor for a minute? Take the floor. Floor is yours. This is... Not meant to inflame. This is not meant to be a hot take. This is meant with every ounce of my existence. In and Out Burger is maybe the most overrated restaurant in the history of restaurants. Mm. Or and I'm including it in anywhere you can go get food, not just fast food. The, how people talk about In and Out compared to what you get is insane. I don't understand it. Now I'm not saying it's bad. As a matter of fact, I think it's good. I like yeah. In and Out. I think it's delicious. But it's not on this list. There's, I, I guarantee you, a lot of people listening were in and out, in and out, in and out. For no, sure. It's not on my list. It's not even close to being on the list. Is it good? Yes. Is it on the top four? Nowhere close. So in and out, get the hell out of here. And then I have my, uh, oh, also on that kind of White Castle. There may be some White Castle fans. I've still never tried it, actually. Mm, you're not missing much. Okay. Great movie. Not okay. the best place. And then my <laughs> obviously not. If any of our listeners name this next place... I recommend getting help immediately. Can I guess? Yes. Burger King. No. 
Damn it. Long John Silvers. Oh, if I've you're going to trust a drive through, I, I, I tried it once in uh, Greeley, Colorado when I was in college. Yeah. Whew. That's a Long John Silvers it's, town. <laughs> Shout out Greeley. <laughs> oh, God. It's not good. If it's you're like going to go Popeyes, through a drive through shitty, right? Yeah. And trust, you know, that fat seafood. Yeah. Ooh, you uh, got to be careful. So yeah. no, Long John Silvers is shit. Is okay. Fair enough. I got my short list. And yeah, you're right. In-N-Out is overrated. It's only because so for, you can only get it in so many states. So the hype is built up, right? It's like, uh, it, you know, it's like diamonds, right? There's no actual sh- you know uh, shortage of it, but people pay a lot for it because it's a fake shortage. The same thing with In-N-Out. You just gave me a good idea of, of an analogy. In-N-Out is Matt Campbell. People <laughs> overrate it. No one but stops. They're good. Shuts it's the still fuck good. Up. Exactly. It's very good. No one shuts up about it, though. Including it's us. way over We love talking about. about Matt Campbell. Well, you do. <laughs> you brought him up. Uh, In-N-Out was on. Okay, so I missed the cut list. I did put good times on there, but I decided to leave them off because they are local. Good times. And actually, Wendy's. Wendy's is... So I think Wendy's is better than McDonald's. Plus, Wendy's super hot. They had the Frosty is amazing, and it's the the McDonald's ice cream machine is always broken. The Frosty machine is never broken, right? <laughs> you, the chili's good. The burgers are good. They actually came out with breakfast recently, and I don't think the whole breakfast menu is good. But they're once again their bacon egg and cheese biscuit. You talk about like the real egg, the round egg. Mm-hmm. At the Wendy's bacon egg and cheese biscuit has like a cracked fried egg like it has like you know an amoeba shape to it like a normal fried egg would amoeba it's, it's a real egg it's not just like a perfect circle it's delicious i love wendy's their fries are delicious i had in and out on there jack in the box and shout out to if there's i guarantee there's people in texas and in the south right now screaming about whataburger i still haven't yeah, tried it i haven't they're, either. they're bringing people one to colorado that, it's coming soon and i have family right now they're probably listening that want to like strangle me because i never said whataburger but i just haven't tried it yeah. and i hear it's great so i want to try that and then my two that uh, don't deserve to be on the list is Burger King. I think that if you and choose Arby's. Burger King over any of the... Yeah, and Arby's. And Such then an Taco Bell, it tastes good, but it's not food. It's okay. like made of dirt. But let's predict... And horse meat. So next week, when Fry- when uh, Ryan gets back... Fryin. Fryin. Fryin Ryan <laughs> when he's cooking. Ooh. <laughs> we just stumbled <laughs> upon something there. I kind of like that. So when Ryan gets back next week, producer Ryan... Yeah. He's uh he's our go to fast Smitty, food guy. Yes. Yeah, Smitty. Is is he Smitty on the show? What I think he's did? Smitty on this show. Okay. And he's Ryan we'll call, on a different we'll one. We'll call him Smitty on this show. Um when he gets back next week, we're gonna get his top four. Because he's yes. our he's our like expert for this. He's Ryan Ryan. I think he's he, our cook. <laughs> I, th- I, th- <laughs> I think he's gonna have Taco Bell in his top four somewhere. I mean, look, it does taste good, but it's it's clearly not meat. It's like horse meat, or they get it from like, you know, missing children from like another foreign country or something fucked up like that. I'm convinced. And once again, they, they literally have five ingredients and they have a menu that's huge that's just wait, five wait, things. Wait. Can we rewind and focus on that one thing you said? Look, it's so just stuff I read on like message boards. children I don't from know. other countries. So are they Ends the up ones in Taco Bell beef. kidnapping the children? How are they coming yeah. across these well, kids? Well, I don't know if they're kidnapping them, but they're like downstream. They're getting... They're getting so someone these, else is, and then they're just winding up with these. They go from like disappearing somewhere to like Epstein's Island to Taco Bell. That's okay. basically the order of operation. The Bermuda there. trial. Of, yeah. The B- Bermuda triangle of ground beef tacos. Exactly. Okay. Shout out. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. All right. Special thanks to BetUS online. BetUS.com. Best place to make all of your sports bets. And guess what? Every game we talk about today will give you the current line on BetUS because you can bet all of these games and not just the bets we're going to be talking about. If you like player props, some more fun stuff to get involved with, first touchdowns, you can bet all that at BetUS. Sign up today, use promo code TAILGATE, or go check us out on Twitter, and uh, we're going to post a link on there where you can follow that link and uh, sign up through there. 
you're going to get a 125% sign-up bonus. So put 100 bucks in, you get 125 back. 25 of it goes to the casino. And I wanted to be careful about that because last week when I said it on the show, I don't mean it goes back to the casino. I mean, there's a sports book and then there's an actual casino on BetUS. Right. So you can play blackjack or craps or things Slots. like that. Yeah, so you get 25 bucks in there too or 25% of however much you put in. So BetUS.com, use promo code TAILGATE, start having more fun, making more money today, betting sports. For sure. You want to support the show, that's how you do it. You let the sponsors know that you're listening and you want to support the show. So once again, use our promo code TAILGATE. Go to the Twitter uh, if you know if it's not the first tweet, scroll a little bit, you'll find it. We tweet out the link where you can uh, uh, sign up through us. Bet you um, good, good sports book too. Yeah, absolutely. So, all, right. Um, all right, Tyler. Best bets week one. A lot of games to break down. A lot of games. A lot of action. All right, we're starting off Thursday night. Boise State at Central Florida. Now this one we gave out. Uh, yeah, a couple we weeks broke ago. this down already. A but few the weeks line has kind of moved, so I just figured we'd talk about it uh, you know, for a little bit. The the bet you and I have is I have uh, UCF, I think, minus four. Minus four. Minus yeah. four. The line has moved now. It's at five and a half now, Central Florida. Well, it's five most places. Okay, five. Yeah, it's, okay. It, it's come down. It was five and a half a few days ago. It's okay. five in most places. Okay. You can still see. As a matter of fact, at DraftKings, it's four and a half. Okay. Um, so it is coming back down. It's a fluid down. number. It's come back down a little bit, yeah. But it's it an ha- amoeba. It has It's like moved. the egg at Wendy's. Um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, look, it, you know, I think that uh, Gus Malzahn going from Auburn to Central Florida is going to end up being one of the best choices for his career. You know, I said it before, Dylan Gabriel, I, he's better than any of the quarterbacks he had at Auburn outside of when he was offensive coordinator when Cam Newton was there. Uh, 17 players back from last year. They got a couple good transfer players, too. Boise, they got a lot of starters back, too. They got Hank Bachmeyer, a quarterback, really experienced. The new head coach, Andy Avalos. I think he's going to have success there, but I just don't think he's going to have success traveling to Florida on Thursday night. I really like Central Florida here. I liked him at four. I, I like him at five and a half still. I'd still bet Central Florida right now. Yeah, I think that obviously there's more value now than there was before, but uh, I, I, I like Boise. I think that, you know, if I saw value at four, I definitely see it at five and a half. And the main question is, how do they deal with the road? How much is the road worth? Because I have these teams ranked pretty similar in my power rankings. So I think Boise State is really an underrated team. And this whole game comes down to me to Andy Avalos, their, their new head coach. Can he get this team ready? Can he prepare? I think the answer is yes. And I think Boise surprises some people. So the way I bet as well, it doesn't really. You know, I bet early, and you have to bet early if you're going to win money, but this move from four to five and a half down back to five, it doesn't really bother me because I'm the kind of sports better where I don't follow line moves. I'm not so... You'll hear a lot of, of quote-unquote pros on TV or, you know, uh, people on, you know, different shows talking about closing line value. Yeah. I'm not a huge worshiper of closing line value. I mean, if you believe always that closing line value is, is to be, you know idolized, then you wouldn't believe in sports betting because you think the market's super efficient. So I don't believe in that. You know, I saw value at four just because it moved. I wish I would have gotten the five and a half, obviously, and had that extra couple points to work with. But, you know, half the game, you know, Half the games I bet they're going to move the right way. Half there aren't because I'm not the kind of better who tries to wait or beat lines or predict line moves. I make bets where I see value. And uh, that's my buy prices for. Once it gets to three and a half, it's iffy for me. And I still think UCF's a very good team. That's why three and a half's an iffy number. But uh, to me, just a mispricing here for Boise. And I think they do will surprise some people. So. Okay, fair enough. Uh, also Thursday night, Ohio State at Minnesota. Tough year last year for P.J. Fleck. Uh, tough year to row the boat. They went three and four. They only beat Illinois, Purdue, and Nebraska. That's really not good for them. But they got 20 starters back. Tanner Morgan, he's a good quarterback. He's coming back. They do lose their top playmaker on offense, Rashad Bateman, who's now in the NFL. 
And frankly, they're going to need playmakers there if they want to hang with a team like Ohio State. Right now, the line, 14 points. You can kind of find it around 13 and a half, 14 and a half, depending on where you go. 14 is the number we're going with. And look, Ryan Day in Ohio State, they only bring back 11 starters from the team that made it to the national championship last year and got spanked by Alabama. But, you know, comparing number of starters matters a lot more when you're talking about teams that are on the same level. I don't think that has the same importance when you're talking about two programs that are on such different levels like Ohio State and Minnesota. You know, they bring in a new quarterback, C.J. Stroud, but you look, he's just got so many weapons around him. Travion Henderson at running back, Master Teague. He's got two of maybe the best wide receivers in the whole country in Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. Really good tight end, Jeremy Rucker. Obviously, Ryan Day is really good with new quarterbacks. So to me, that offense is just going to be humming. I don't think that it's going to be uh, clunky to start. I think it's going to be really good. They're deep on, on uh, defense at the defensive line and the defensive back position especially. You know, I think that it is kind of a trap scenario for Ohio State right out you know, week one to go on the road to Minnesota. It, you know, it is a loud place for a big night game like that. P.J. Fleck has done well in big in big time games. But, you know, I just think I, I, I'm putting my faith in Ryan Day. I hate to admit it as a Michigan fan. He's an incredible coach. He maybe is doing better than Urban Meyer, you know, uh, would be doing right now at Ohio State. That's a whole different debate. I think Minnesota can keep this a game in the first half just off of game planning and hype and, and energy and whatnot, but not four quarters. I do think Ohio State covers the 14. If you can find it 13 and a half, especially jump on it, but I'll take Ohio State minus 14. Yeah, I agree. I'm with the Buckeyes. I'm giving up 14 points here. I think Minnesota is uh, going to be shocked at how Ohio State moves the football. And this whole handicap comes down to can Minnesota score? It's a high over under. I don't think they're going to be able to. So right. if you think Minnesota can keep up with Ohio State, then this may not be the game for you. But I do like Ohio, Ohio State minus 14. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that total sixty five and a half. That's a big number. A big so boy. if you want them to cover, you're expecting them to score, you know, what, like 25, 30 points. Yeah, like exactly. That. So yep. um all right, next game up, Friday night game. I'm pumped for this one. North Carolina goes to Blacksburg, Virginia to take on Virginia Tech. Uh Tar Heels five point favorites right now on the road. Sixty five is the total. This is a coastal battle. This is a big one for the coastal division. And by the way, Weather permitting with Hurricane Ida, it is predicted to move up the coast. By Saturday, we may be looking at uh, potentially being canceled. Maybe it gets moved. Who knows? But as of now, it's scheduled to play in Blacksburg. Could be a weather game. And look, I don't want to have to bet other uh, either side, to be honest here. Virginia Tech, they really struggled last year. And this feels like a make-it-or-break-it year for Justin Fuente. They went 5-6. and six. They were really volatile. I mean, they dominated some good teams like NC State and Boston College. Then they got dominated by Pitt, North Carolina, and Clemson. So, you know, I, I think that North Carolina, of course, is a favorite to win the Coastal. And some people are saying they could compete with Clemson for the ACC. They bring back a ton of guys. They got Sam Howell and weapons. The defense should be really deep. But if you want to look at the biggest weakness for the Tar Heels over the last couple of years with Mac Brown, it's their ability to win big road games. They really haven't shown much of an ability, uh, much of an ability to do that. You know, starting the season in a tough environment like Lane Stadium in a primetime game, it's a tough spot. And I think that Virginia Tech has the talent and ability to score in this game. But what worries me is the mistakes. Are they going to turn the ball over? Is there going to be mental lapses for the Hokies? That's kind of what, what snagged them last year in a lot of those games that people expected them to win and they ended up losing. Ultimately, I do think North Carolina can get it done late and cover this spread of just five points. I don't love it, but I'm going to take the Tar Heels minus five here. I, I don't like Virginia Tech a lot, and I, I haven't seen what I've needed to in 
looking back at the, 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 guy, uh, the guys they're bringing back and their defense, I think North Carolina has a good chance to start the season off very you know on the right note. Now, a little exercise for everybody out there. When you're looking at a team on the road who's favored, like in this situation, North Carolina on the road minus six, a good exercise is, okay, if they were at home, what would the spread be? And just to be very general, okay, this is extremely rough, but in general, you want to adjust six points. So if North Carolina's minus six, you would add six points to that, so now they're minus 12 at home. So if that sounds like the right number to you, then you should take North Carolina. I actually think it does. I think that they should be around 13, 13 and a half. That's what I have, Matt, if they were at home. So I think that we've got a little bit of value with North Carolina. It seems like a big number on the road, but... And look, I also want to be clear. I'm not as high on Mac Brown as a lot of other people are. I don't think he is this, you know, g- great coach that a lot of people other cl- you know, a lot of other people claim he is. But I still think he gets the job in week one. So okay, and so is six the current line then? I had it at five, but yeah, I see six, six. here okay. on BetUS. Yeah, All right, then we'll make it six, and I'll still take it there. Okay. You know, I just think Lane Kiffin or uh, Lane Kiffin Lane Stadium is a really tough place. It's it's not a huge stadium. It's like sixty thousand people. Loud as hell though, especially early on. You know, later in the season, if they're struggling, it may not have the same effect. Week one, a big game like this, and the total at sixty five. Now look, if you want to jump on that under because you're you want to. Uh, gamble on the fact that the hurricane comes through and it's a wet game and they can't throw it around. That could be a play too. But right now, I'm just going to stick with uh, the Tar Heels minus six on the yeah, road. Yeah, that's an interesting uh, play. I don't know what it, how it's moved, but that's I'm not a meteorologist. I'll just say that. No, that that's definitely something to keep your eye on. Okay. Um, and I don't I I don't love that game. I, it's a lean for me to to North Carolina. I don't okay. love it. Now, uh, Michigan State Northwestern Tyler, you've got to play on this, right? Yeah, I do. I just think that uh, this comes down to the coaching staff and. I love Pat Fitzgerald. I love what they're doing at Northwestern and what they have been doing for such a long time. I see a Michigan State team that will be better. They're bringing back a lot of pieces. I think Mel Tucker's going to have them playing much more focused football than what we saw last year. You mean Pat Fitzgerald's, right? No, no. Oh, no. Okay. I'm going I'm over sorry. to Michigan State I because see. I do okay. think they're going to be better than, than, than um, they were last gotcha. year. They looked terrible for a couple of games. They went one yeah. and three at home. But I think that Mel Tucker, that was a wake-up call. He's got a lot of new guys in, a lot of transfers. I think Michigan State's going to be better than people think, but in this game on the road, what this pretty much says, they're three-point underdogs, they're even teams. Right. I don't think that's the case. I have Northwestern a couple points better than Michigan State right now, so I think I have heavy value here on, on the Wildcats. And sometimes we have all these different reasons. You know, you, you, go, you go in depth about passing or this the defensive matchup. For me, this was a pretty big power ratings play for me. So sometimes I look at my power ratings, and if I say the line should be Northwestern minus five, five and a half, and it's three. I have pretty heavy value there. And let me be clear, it's rare. You get a line that's five and a half and, and it's three in the market. It's right. a big difference. So um, I like Northwestern minus three. I think they win at home. I think they start the season well. Again, I believe Michigan State will get some wins this year, maybe even a couple upsets, but they're not going to start well. So uh, Northwestern minus three is uh, my pick. And also Northwestern, since Pat Fitzgerald took over in 2006, so so he's starting now his 16th year with the team. Yep. The last 15 openers, he's 12 and three. Oh, I love so it. So he gets his team ready. He's very good at preparing, game planning. You give Pat Fitzgerald a couple weeks to get ready for that week one opponent. 12 and three, 15 years. I think he does the same thing this week. I love it. Yeah, he's a great coach. And you know, just if you're confused, by the way, Tyler's talking about you know. Uh, the 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 three number meaning that they're even teams home field typically and obviously it should be judged 
by stadium, right? The home field advantage at Utah State is not going to be the same home field advantage at LSU. But broadly speaking, people say home field is worth about three points. So when Tyler's talking about that, he's saying uh, uh, Northwestern's at home. They're only three-point favorites. That means that really what what the, the market is saying is that they're even teams. That, thank you so much for clarifying that because it can be confusing, and that is exactly what I meant. When you see, and this is, again, very rudimentary, very very rough because some home fields are worth three, some are worth four, some are worth three and a half, some are right. worth 3.8. But in general, if you see a team at home minus three, we can assume the market has those teams somewhat even rated. Because on neutral, that would then it would theoretically be a pick'em, and then if it went to the other team's home stadium, now they would be minus three. Yep. So that's kind of how that all works. Thanks for putting that out there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. I, Northwestern minus three. It's one of my uh, favorite plays of the weekend. I think I'm on them too. You know, I, I think that Mel Tucker he's actually doing a really good job recruiting at Michigan State, but it's yeah. going to take a couple of years really before that starts to kick in. In my opinion. Uh, you know, I like we're we've, we're such huge fans of Pat Fitzgerald. He's done such a good job at a place as that, we should be. That really you know, he's is not a like a football school, so yeah. he's made it that. So we'll, we'll take the Wildcats there minus three. Now we're getting into Saturday's games, uh, some big ones. Starting off with uh, staying in the Big Ten, Penn State at Wisconsin. This is a huge game for both these teams. Week one, both teams struggled last year, really bad years. You know, the COVID stuff. You know, whatever that means on how good or or how bad they were. They both bring back a lot of starters. They're looking for this year to be a turnaround season. But to me, the pressure is more on Penn State here. Wisconsin can lose this game and still have a clear road to winning the Big Ten West, playing the Big Ten Championship game. Penn State's going to need every win in order to have a chance to beat Ohio State if they want to go to the Big Ten Championship and win the East. I think Wisconsin has the superior defense here, but I also think Penn State has a much better offense, at least on paper they do. you got Sean Clifford, Noah Kane, Jahan Dotson. These guys are all game-breakers if they can put it together, and that's kind of been the question for them last year is they shine in moments and they were really sloppy in other times. You know, I think that this could be a year where they take a big step up, they score a lot of points, but you look at Wisconsin, Graham Mertz at quarterback, I think he's got a chance to be the best quarterback in Wisconsin history, honestly. They've never had, I think he was a five-star recruit, but are the wide receiver targets, you know, are they there for him? They're a little unproven. I, I, you know, I do question, can Jalen Berger be the next great Wisconsin running back? You know, we've seen just this line year after year. It's always these great Wisconsin running backs go to the NFL. Last year, it was kind of like a, a, a weird thing where they didn't have a dominant running back. Can Jalen Berger be that guy? I think the Wisconsin offensive line is going to be very good. And I think that you look at Penn State's front seven, especially in the linebacker core, they're thin. They're vulnerable. They had one of their best guys uh, get injured in the in fall camp. He's out for the year. I think they're vulnerable. And so what I see here is I see a Penn State offense that is explosive, and I see a Penn State defense that has some soft points that can be taken advantage of by this Wisconsin running game. And to me, I think that's, that means both teams are going to score in this game the whole way through. The over is only 50 points right now, so I'm taking the over of 50. I think you'll see both these these teams score a lot of points, and if I had to choose against the spread, I think I'd take Penn State in the points, but my favorite bet is over 50. I am running away from this game. Really? Yeah, I'm scared of it, man. It's uh, These are going to be two really good teams. Yep. I mean, they are going to be some of the most improved teams in the country, some of the more surprised teams in the country, and that's saying something because we're not talking about a bad Wisconsin team last year, right? They were very good. So I think that this is going to be a, a, a powerhouse football game, and right now it may not be advertised that way, but through the year when people see how good both these teams are. So to me, 
I, I just don't have such a strong opinion on either side here. I think there's two great teams. I think that very small things are going to dictate this game. A turnover here, a punt return there. So I don't want anything to do with this game. I okay. mean, I would put the number right where it is now and, and pass it. By the way, I don't know if I said it. Wisconsin's a four-and-a-half-point favorite at home right here. Yeah, four-and-a-half. And, uh, and, around five, potentially, but yeah, yeah four-and-a-half. Yeah, and Camp Randall's a really tough place to play. You know, I just see, I see a step back for Penn State into being a really good team this year. They really struggled last year. No, I do too, but I want nothing to do with that game. Pass. All right, we move to the South. Alabama, reigning national champions, playing Miami. This is a neutral site game in Atlanta, currently 19-point favorites against the current Hurricanes. <laughs> Look, this is just Bama, and they're going to have these big numbers, and they're scary. But can you trust – I don't know. Who can you trust here? Can you trust Miami here to cover that many points? I don't know. Can you trust – Alabama off a national championship to be fully motivated. You know, to me, that's a big factor in a game like this. And this season for Alabama is they just had like one of the best college football seasons in college football history. They score a ton of points. What's the motivation here? And, you know, I think if you can find it anywhere, it's on the offense. You know, uh, it's basically an entire new offense for Alabama. They have a new offensive coordinator in Bill O'Brien. They lose Sark. You know, they, they only bring back, I think, three starters from the offense. Now, look, they definitely can't be as good as last year's Bama offense. That was historic. But these guys want to prove themselves. Bryce Young, he wants to prove himself a quarterback. Bill O'Brien, he's trying to prove that he's still a, a good coach. You know, he's going to be the next guy to come into Alabama, work under Nick Saban for a couple of years, and hopefully get a job at a big school after that. Brian Robinson, the running back, filling in for Najee Harris. John Mechie, we, you know, they were so deep at wide receiver over the last few years. And this guy somehow you know, kind of fell in through the cracks just because of how deep they were. John Mechie is like one of the best wide receivers in the whole country. You got Jaleel Billingsley at, at tight end. I mean, the list just goes on. And so to me, there's motivation from the offensive side of the football to go out, score a lot. They're not going to bench Bryce Young, you know, early in the game because he needs experience. He hasn't played a lot. And, you know, look, these guys may have last, they may have rings from last year from the championship, but they weren't the reason why they have the rings. I think that that's the motivation to come out here and ball against a good team in Miami, you know, and then you look at the defense. They bring back eight guys from last year. Alabama hasn't had like that dominant defense. We've come to know Alabama, you know, having, and I think that that could be this year. They bring back eight starters. I think this could be one of the best defenses in the country. And I think they can slow down Miami's talent on offense. Miami's loaded on offense. Derek King, uh, they got Cameron uh, Harris at running back. They got some wide receiver uh, talent. The guy transferred in from Oklahoma, Rambo, you know, I just think you look at Bama over the last decade or so when they have week one games against big name programs, they win and they tend to win big too. So even though that 19 number is big, I'm going to take Bama minus 19 here. I, what's my rule? What's my rule, Will? You don't bet uh, names, right? Or numbers? No, I don't bet against Nick Saban. Oh, uh, okay. You got a <laughs> couple do, of rules. I do bet a name. I don't bet, or I do have a rule <laughs> okay, names. Yeah. I don't bet against Nick Saban. I want to take Miami so bad. It's, it's taking everything in me not to make this bet board game but I'm not going to get burned again fading little Nikki. I'd rather have this, pass it. If they happen to not cover, fine. I feel fine about that, but I've done it too many times. I not going to take Miami. Nope, not doing it. Okay. I want to, but I'm not going to. I thought we might have a bet board game already, but we don't. No. We still got plenty left, though. All right, so I'm on Bama minus 19. Towers, stay away. Next game up, the Louisiana Raging Cajuns going on the road to Austin. They take on Texas. Texas currently in eight you're point. Pull, you're doing a lot of games in a row where I, I'm passing or don't have a lot here. So you don't like that, this one? I don't oh. love this one. No. I, I, you're probably going to get into it, but the Rage of Cages are a good team. Very good I team. I mean, this is going to be a, a, 
a better game than people think. And again, not to just you know go back to my power ratings, it's right on eight for me. So I think Texas should be uh, eight, maybe eight and a half point favorites. Well, that's what's so fascinating. This line opened at 15. Beginning right. of the year, Texas minus 15, you could get it as high what as... What is it right now? Eight. Okay. Te- Texas See. minus eight at home. That's a touchdown movement. That's massive. So obviously... You know, uh, a lot of money must have come in on the Raging Cajuns. Look, I love Billy Napier, the head coach for Louisiana. They were 10-1 last year. They only lost to Coastal Carolina in the Sun Belt. They weren't able to play in the Sun Belt uh, National Championship game because of COVID. They took down Iowa State in Ames, Iowa last year, week one. So Tyler Tyler loves these guys. You should love these guys for that. Look, they're bringing back 20 starters. You know, their quarterback's coming back. They're a very good team. Uh, Louis- yeah. Louisiana is a very good team, and they're fun to watch. And then you look at Texas. You know, Hudson Card just got announced today as the starter at quarterback. Sark announced him over uh, Casey Thompson. Sounds like both might play, though. These guys were really neck and neck uh, in, in fall camp. Casey Thompson played last year, of course, in the bowl game. Sorry to bring it up, Tyler. Mm-hmm. He looked very good against Colorado Buffaloes. But Hudson Card's like this big... You know, a uh, very talented recruit. I think he's a redshirt freshman. He's he's local kid. He's from Austin, and they bring back eight starters on offense. Really good running back. Seven on defense. Look, this game to me is known commodity, known safe commodity versus the flashy unknown. There's a scene in Simpsons I love where uh, Mr. Burns, who runs the nuclear plant, he's got like a lawsuit on his hands for like breaking the <laughs> rules. And there's like a nuclear spill or something, yeah. and he offers the nuclear inspector. He goes. You can have the uh, the wa- you can win this. Your bribe can either be the washer and dryer or the mystery box, and it's just a box with question marks all over it. And the guy goes, "Mystery box, mystery <laughs> box." That's what this game is. Texas is a mystery box. It's flashy. They've got more talent at every position, but the, it's just a question mark. Can Sark and his staff put it together week one? You know, uh, Raging Cajuns. They love to run the ball last year and chew up possession. They really didn't throw the ball a lot. You look at defensive coordinator for Texas, Pete. Kwiatkowski comes over from Washington and Boise State before that. He has depth, and he can get this front seven to play strong and force Louisiana to pass the ball more than they like, I think. You know, I I hate to be the guy that just jumps at the flashy, you know, mystery box, but I think it all just comes down to Sark getting the big plays on offense against Louisiana, which I think he can do. I think that there's talent there. If, If they can get Hudson Card to break a couple big plays, you know, find the open man, I think their defense can hold up against Louisiana, force them to throw more than they want, keep them from running the ball and dominating possession. The number was outrageous at 15, but at 8, I feel a lot better. I'm going to take take Texas minus 8. I mean, I would, again, I'd lean Texas. I don't love this. But I, I actually think I would lean Raging Cajun's first half line, Texas, Texas for the game. Because I think okay. the, the ULL oh, yeah. can keep it close for a little bit. But... Uh, yeah, I just think that Texas has so much upside, and trust me, if Sark can run the score up, he's going to want to. He For wants sure. to start quick. He looks at that as a game where, I mean, look, he's looking at their schedule. He's saying, okay, we don't have that many wins on the schedule for sure. Let's run it up here. So it's a question of Mark. You know, I think that he's going to try to, but I believe that uh, the Raging Cajuns with the best mascot and one of the best mascots in football, Cayenne. Of course. Well, the best, like... uh Person mascot, yeah, not like live he's a pepper. mascot. The live mascot obviously goes to Ralphie the Buffalo, but of course, uh, hey, he's a big old pepper. But I go Texas for the game. So 
Okay. Uh, LSU, UCLA, Tyler. We're finally getting there. LSU, UCLA. LSU, a four-point favorite on the road mm-hmm. at UCLA. We talked about it before. They're practicing in Houston all week, uh, thanks to the Hurricanes, so they don't get to be on their home turf for practice. UCLA, they got a warm-up game against Hawaii. LSU, they're practicing away from their home. You know, look, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. When we, we tried to make it a bet board game. We broke it down. I think this is going to be a great game. I actually think this could be the best game of the week, potentially, just as far as entertainment value. I think UCLA is going to shock some people this year. I think that they could be a team that ends up winning the Pac-12 South. Um, they're really talented on offense. Everyone knows that. But you know, is the defense going to be able to put it together this year? I think they have a lot of talent, a lot of starters back. You know, I, I, I think that LSU is going to be really good too, though. They're having a bounce back year. You know, they, they have a lot of talent everywhere like LSU always does. But to me, these teams are even. And if you're going to give me the home team catching four points, you know, they got a game under their belt. I know that can work both ways for LSU having tape on them. But I like UCLA in this spot. LSU doesn't travel to the West Coast very often. I don't know if that's going to have a huge effect. We'll see. I'm so excited for this game, but I'm going to take the Bruins plus four at home. You So, because you said you have these teams equal or rated even. Yeah. I have, just so you know, I've got LSU about three points better myself. Okay. So, it's kind of in line with this, and it's actually moved because it's three now, and it was four, four and a half for a while. But to me, this all this whole entire game comes down to how we, what we said earlier. How is LSU dealing with this mentally? I, I don't know. You know, I, I think that if you really want to bet on this game, you have to follow every LSU player on Twitter and Instagram and get a good sense of how they're dealing with it. Is it a motivation? Is it a positive, a negative? Because um, if that wasn't going on, and I saw LSU minus three, this would absolutely be a bet board game. For me. Well, not absolutely. It'd be, it'd be close, but I think I'd take LSU. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's... it's it's. I, I just think that there's too many unknowns with that, but... Okay. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, look, they should be able to get motivated just with it being the first game of the year. You know, that's always motivating for guys. They want to get out yeah, there, totally. showcase stuff, but... And, and fatigue won't be as much of a factor. But as I also said earlier, I upgraded UCLA substantially after that first game. As a matter of fact, getting my notes yeah, get, Let's see your ratings. Dude, I upgraded them five points. That's, that's, a a, that's such a big that's upgrade a after one game, okay? So I don't think I overreacted. I think that you were ahead of this, and UCLA is going to be very good. Um, so there, there's stuff going both ways here, but to me, this all comes down to... How does LSU perform? Because, again, this is my last point. UCLA is going to be very good. But this is still Pac-12. Yeah. We don't know if they can true. keep up with an LSU team that, I mean, if we're talking numbers, I haven't read my 10th best team in the country. Yeah. So it's going to be a great game. And uh, I would lean LSU minus three if everyone's going to show up and play hard. I think this is just a game where I, I'm not sure I'd be shocked anyway. I'd be, I guess I'd be shocked if UCLA blows the doors off of LSU. I wouldn't be shocked if LSU does that to UCLA, though, and I definitely wouldn't be shocked to see this be a close game either way. Um, you know, it's a high total, sixty-seven and a half points. They think there's going to be a lot of points on the field. Um, you know, to me, that just means that UCLA is going to have a chance to score on this LSU defense. Total juxtaposition of coaches, too. You get Ed Orgeron, the big old <laughs> tough. Well, we're not going to go out there. Don't matter what happened, we old boo. And then you get Chip, <laughs> Chip Kelly, Kelly, just a nerd. Yeah, Winnie the Pooh. Nerd. <laughs> Total nerd. Uh, all right. Sunday night game. Notre Dame at Florida State. Uh, right now, Notre Dame's seven and a half point road favorite going to... Uh, wait, Tallahassee? That's where Florida State is, right? Tallahassee, my thought. friend. Line open nine and a half. This number's come down. Look, Mike Norvell, 
he gets his first full offseason in fall camp at Florida State. When he came in last year, it was his first year. COVID happens, didn't get an offseason, barely got a full camp. Now he's got you know the whole offseason coming back and potentially a new quarterback in Mackenzie Milton, the, the Central Florida transfer who was amazing in Central Florida until he had a really horrifying knee injury, had to take a whole year off football. He's back and healthy. They have not announced who will be the starter between Milton and Jordan Travis. Travis played, of course, last year for the Seminoles. Uh, Travis, he's a little more mobile than Milton. He's really good with his legs, one of the best runners in the country. But can he be an elite passer like Milton has? We've seen it with Milton for a couple of years at Central Florida. He was, you know, he was absolutely a monster uh, in the passing game. And either way, I mean, I like the weapons around the quarterback position. I do think, by the way, Mackenzie Milton will end up being the starter yeah, on Sunday too. night. Um, but I love the weapons. You know, the, uh, Jay Sean Corbin at running back. They have really good wide receivers. They're really talented. This Florida State team, they were 3-6 and six last year, and they were pretty much horrible the whole way through. They did have a really big upset win at home against North Carolina that no one saw coming. So we know they're capable of upsetting uh, you know, bigger teams at home. And then you look at Notre Dame, they return only three starters on offense. They lose Ian Book. They lose basically the whole offensive line. A lot of these guys went to the NFL. They bring in Jack Cohn, the transfer from Wisconsin. He's going to be the quarterback. You know, they, they do have six guys back on defense, but they lose their their defense coordinator, Clark Lee. He goes and takes the head coaching job at Vanderbilt. Good luck there. They <laughs> they do bring in a good guy to replace him, by the way. Marcus Freeman comes over from Cincinnati. He had been there with Luke Fickle, had a really good defense. But to me, these are question marks. You know, you bring in a new coordinator, maybe it's a new system a little bit, you know, new guys coming in, whole new offense. You know, I think Notre Dame has a bit of a down year by their standards. I don't think they're going to win seven games or anything crazy like that, but I could see them having two or three losses. And I think Florida State is going to be a surprise team this year that might, you know, win six, seven games potentially. And they're just going to be a chaos team where you never know what's going to happen. And for me, you get that extra half point, seven and a half at home. It's the only game on that night. This is a primetime game. Everyone's going to be watching. For that reason, I'm taking the Seminoles plus seven and a half. God damn, I'm also on the Seminoles this game. Ah, Tyler, yeah. what the hell? I know. I thought we were going to have more Bepor games. I know. But, and here's the thing with Notre Dame. They are loaded with transfers, but like you said, too many uncertainties early in the year. I don't like betting on teams like this with too many variables early yeah. in the season. So nine starters coming back total. We talked about it earlier. The average this year is 16 and a half, three right. and a half more than average. They're bringing back nine. So not a big fan of that. I'm going to take uh, Florida State plus seven and a half at home. Watch out. If they're close and this is a close in the fourth quarter, may have a live underdog, but... Uh, yeah, and you said it. Florida State. I mean, nine starters back. And unfortunately, you know, Notre Dame's a, one of the best football programs in the whole country, but they're not on the same level as a Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama, where when they lose that many starters, it's just like an, an easy thing to jump back in. Right, right. And so I think that's big for them. Uh, Monday night, Louisville at Ole Miss. This game, is, <laughs> this game could be wild. This could be an absolute track meet. Ole Miss, nine-and-a-half-point favorite at home. The total is 75-and-a-half mm-hmm. points. That is a lot of points. That's like Big 12 from a few years ago, Oklahoma versus Oklahoma State. A massive total. Look, I really like Ole Miss. I love what Lane Kiffin is doing. Matt Corral, the whole offense, I think they're going to be putting up huge numbers. And I think that you bring back all these. They've got nine starters back on defense. Their defense was terrible last year, so maybe that – Nine starters number isn't quite as significant, but it's really just, can they make a little bit of a jump? They don't have to be good. Can they just be an average defense? And to me, that gets them to a lot more wins. They're in a lot more games just by the nature of their offense being so good in Louisville. Scott Satterfield is a guy who I really liked coming out of Appalachian State. He had a really good first year at Louisville, uh, but things have kind of gotten rocky there. They lose a lot of their weapons around Michael Cunningham, the 
uh, quarterback. They lose Javion Henderson, I think was his name. They had another uh, wide receiver who's really good that they lost. And to me, it's just it, it, there's not a good vibe with Louisville right now. He was basically flirting with other jobs. He came back and didn't seem too excited about it. I don't love Louisville here. I, I, I think Ole Miss at home, 10 points is a lot, especially with two teams that should have you know pretty explosive offenses and Ole Miss's defense being a question mark. So I'm not totally sure if I want to lay that 10 points for Ole Miss here. However, 75.5 is an absurd total. And even though I think both these teams are going to have great offenses, you know, I think you could see some kinks that get worked out against this. And I don't think that Louisville is going to be able to score, you know, 30 points against Ole Miss. I just don't. And so I'm going to go under 75 and a half for that total. I like uh, Mississippi uh, Ole Miss minus 10 here. Okay. I think they can cover it. I see a high total and I don't think Louisville has what it takes to keep up. I'm actually not very high on the Cardinals at all this year. Um, so... Mississippi, uh, I, I, I'm looking at the, the board right now and it says Mississippi. Yeah. I never call them Mississippi. I always call them Ole Miss. Miss. Yeah, the uh, Rebs. No, exactly. They're going to be loaded. I'm excited to see what they do this year. They're going to hit the ground running. Smoke weed, talk shit like Lane Kiffin. Amen. Um, that's a little Wayne quote for the for the youngsters out there. Shout out Weezy. Yes, but uh, no, let's take uh, Ole Miss minus 10. Okay, love it. And uh, last game, biggest game of the weekend, Georgia versus Clemson. This game is in Atlanta, I believe, right? Is that right? Uh, yeah, it's it where the Carolina Panthers play. Oh, okay. So it's in North Carolina. Yes. So almost a home game Bank for of America Clemson. Stadium, I believe. Bank of America. Shout out uh, Big Banks. They're awesome. Uh, Clemson currently a three-point favorite here. Definitely the biggest game of the weekend. Huge matchup. Both these teams ranked, I think, in the top five. Uh, look, Georgia thinks this is their year to win the SEC and to win it all, perhaps. you know, uh, They think this is the year they can take down Bama. Clemson, they got spanked by Ohio State in the playoffs last year. No more Trevor Lawrence. The DJ Uyunglele era has begun. And the Tigers, of course, heavy favorites to win the college football championship. You know, if they can get past Georgia here, they're probably just going to go undefeated because they should be the best team in the ACC every year. They've won it, I think, seven years running. Um, but you look at Georgia, they turned into a real contender last year once JD, JT Daniels took over at quarterback. He was a transfer from Southern Cal. He wasn't healthy. They started a different guy. When he comes in, all of a sudden the offense is just lighting it up. They always had a good defense. Now they're like an offensive juggernaut. They won four straight to finish the year. Offense took off, scored a lot of points. Georgia, you know, they have a really good defense and a really great defensive line. You know, I I just think that this is going to be a heavyweight battle where both the offenses are going to shine. I know Georgia's got a great defensive line, but I don't know if they're going to be able to you know, slow down DJ Uyunglele and all the going weapons for Clemson. Where are you going? Georgia's got great weapons for you JT know, Daniels. You know what I love about your about your breakdowns? <laughs> you give a little bit for this team, yeah. a little bit Keep for that guessing. team. Exactly. Keep it's like, guessing. this isn't I'm not showing on twist. That's I'm excited right. to see where you're hey, going. Hey, man, I don't want to give it up uh, early. You know, Zamir, Zamir White running back. I love these guys. Eric Gilbert, a lot of good wide receivers for Georgia. And so, look, if, if I had to make a bet, I think on, on the spread, I think I'm, I'll, you know what, fuck it. I'll just say it. I'll take... Georgia plus three, and I'm, and, but I love the over. The over is only 51.5 points. I think you're going to see both these teams score high 20s into the 30s. You know, I know there's a lot of talent on defense, but this is just such a big matchup and so many good guys on offense for both these teams. I think this game uh, is high scoring, so I'm going over 51.5, Georgia plus three. We got a bet board game. Yes. I am taking the Clemson Tigers here, and this is a bet that I really like. Well, I'm not just saying that because it's a bet board game. If you were on Clemson 2, I was going to announce this is one of my favorite games this weekend. I have Clemson minus 5. I'll start off there, okay? And that's after everything's said and done. Both these teams are very elite. Let's not look past the fact that, I mean, 
you talk about national championship contenders, I put Georgia in that conversation, no doubt. They're right there this year. They're loaded, great coaching staff. I think Georgia is going to be really good this year. Something that I didn't incorporate into my handicap, okay? So I want, I want to put this out there first because... I didn't incorporate this into anything. This is just a factor that I want to put out there and that I want to sort of make public now because I think in a couple of weeks when everyone's jumping on this train, I can play this back and say, you know, I told you so. Exactly. You heard it, heard it here first on the tailgate, but I'm not saying that JT Daniels is a bad quarterback. I'm not saying that by any stretch of the imagination. I'm just saying, what are you playing? Four games last year? We have seen... Time after time, quarterbacks come out, first half the season, look amazing, and then they get caught up because tape's put out there. Now, Kirby Smart knows this. I think JT Daniels is better than the average quarterback in that situation, but still, I believe people are way too high on JT Daniels, and it's not just me. Pro Football Focus, one of the most respected advanced analytics football sites, says the same thing. They think that uh, while he's good, certainly not great. As a matter of fact, last year, according to Pro Football Focus, his composite efficiency rating got worse every game he played. He became less efficient every game he played, and he had a sub-50 passer grade in the Peach Bowl against Cincinnati. A good Cincinnati defense, not even close to how good this Clemson defense is going to be. Clemson's defense, all four defensive linemen returning, uh, all four, by the way, going to be high NFL draft picks, not necessarily th- this year, yeah. but all going to be high draft picks. They got the Bruise Brothers bra- back at the linebacker, uh, James Skalski and uh, Balen Spencer, and they have the number eight secondary in the nation, according to Phil Steele. This is a complete team. It all comes down to DJ Uyengulele, and I think that... Nailed it. And... I- I think he's going to be good. I mean, I keep hearing, well, he hasn't started a season yet. He hasn't, no, he's going to be just fine. And I trust Dabo to put him in good spots. So this is going to be a cat and mouse game on special teams. That's where I'd say you got to watch out because Georgia has some of the best returners in the country, both punt and kick returners. But as I said earlier, my power rate, my pure power rating has Clemson four and a half points better. And this is neutral. Okay. So I have Clemson minus four and a half. And that's before the recent question marks to tight end Darnell Washington and nickel corner Tyke Smith. Both question marks, I don't know if they're going to be out, but they're certainly not going to be 100%. So I think both those injuries combined, being conservative, worth a half point. I've got Clemson minus five. I like this game. I'll take the Tigers. Fair enough. Uh, we got a bet board game. And by the way, we're starting to think... Uh, Cheer, cheerleader <laughs> for the show, Towers Dog Layla. Mascot for the show. Mascot for the show, yes. right? Not the cheerleader. She's a mascot. Uh, she's picking games now. So we put down two tennis balls. We assigned one team to the other. We're going to do this for the biggest game of the weekend. And this is the real reason why Towers taking Clemson. It's because his dog picked Clemson. Layla's taking Clemson. Yeah, she did against the spread. So, so the, the reason we're going to track that. The reason we're doing that is to prove. Because some some seasons, Layla's going to be winning, some she's not. But just to prove how, look, at the end of the day, Will and I love handicapping. We're good at it. We like to give out winners. But sometimes this comes down to short streaks of luck. So yeah. I think it'll be some fun to get Layla's picks in here and see what the live mascot of the show thinks. Can't wait. Yeah, she's on the Tigers. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, she we, loves we, it. We did that uh, handicap together. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so. All right, well, that's it for the show, you guys. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe. If you're on uh, iTunes, follow on Spotify. It's the same thing as subscribing, but it's called a follow. It's different. Tell your friends. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter at CFB underscore POD, and uh, we'll see you next week.